music is so broad here. Music is anything nice. involving producing mm-hmm. sound, really, in, in many, many kinds of ways. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hello. And today we have a special guest, Morgan Rowe from Bach to Rock. Hi, Morgan. Hi. How are you guys? I'm good. good. So who are you and what do you do? I am music extraordinaire. What? I am. <laughs> I am a lot of things. I'm the director of Bach to Rock, Tannisporn, which is the only franchise of Bach to Rock in Oregon for the moment. We're hoping to open some more because this place is awesome. And what I do is totally revolutionize the way that music is taught to kids. That's what we do here. And Simple. I'm, as the director, make try to run that school and make that happen. Sounds. And just as a side note, Tannisborn is Tannisborn on is the border between Hillsboro, Oregon, <laughs> and Beaverton, Oregon, which are suburbs of Portland. Oregon. Yeah, basically just outside of Portland. Yeah. Yes. So it doesn't sound like you do a lot. You're revolutionizing things. That I'm just, just revolutionizing sounds, things. Yeah. Well, I'm helping Bach to Rock do this. They have an amazing mission, and I'm really stoked to be on board with it. So I'm doing it here. Right. I can take credit for that. So that's fine. Yeah. My question is both simple and complicated. How is Box Rock doing music and music schools differently than anybody else is? So what do you think of when you think of a music school? I think of somebody yelling at you to repeatedly do the same thing over and over until you get it right. And then what happens? The music. And then you learn how to do that one thing and hate it. Mm -hmm. And then where do you do with it? Nothing. Yeah. That's not really how I learn music, but that's what I think of when I think of music I think schools. Of like mu- musicals like The Music Man and stuff like that, where she's going through and they're doing the scales and, and all of that. And it's what it is. It's repetitive. Yeah, I can't remember the words to it, but it was always funny. I laugh at that song all the time. Anyway, um, so that's what I think of when I think music school is like, let's go, let's do it repetitive. And and it's kind of like cranking students Or the old out. lady piano teachers, you know, where you're like and they the little you. kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they smack sm- you with a ruler. Smack you with a ruler if you don't do it right. Yeah. Oh, those were the days. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's worked, right? Because Has the philharmonics and stuff like that, a lot of those people. Or do they just learn that later? Learn, well, I don't know. But a lot of them learn the same way with somebody repeatedly like, no, this is how you play the piano. This is how you play the guitar, et cetera, et cetera. It's very much a regimented schedule. And just so you know, we are going to talk about business also, but first we're going to talk about music. But this is how the foundation of business is solving a problem, right? And you brought up a really important point, Jeremy, is there is something in that process that has worked and do all music teachers slap you across the knuckles with a ruler? No, but there's definitely, I mean, I grew up in that, in the classical tradition. I'm a classically trained piano player. That was my college study, my degree in music through piano performance. And I'm also a vocalist. I've sung in choirs. I still sing in choir. I'm in the Portland Symphonic Choir. That's about as classical as you can get as a vocalist and being a large organization here in Portland. So that has worked for me. That model has worked for me. But As a musician, what you find is you go out in the community and you say, hi, I'm Morgan. I'm so-and-so. What do you do? Oh, I play music. The first thing every time they either say, oh, I can't play anything. Oh, I'm tone deaf. Or, oh, I did that and it was horrible and I quit. And it's just this instant negative association Mm -hmm. with their musical journey so often. And that's like, cool, thanks. I didn't ask, but that's cool. (laughs) You know? (laughs) So Bach to Rock's model 
The primary mission of the school is learning music has to be fun. And not just because like we're a school and we want to be fun, but if it's fun, you'll remember it. It will be relevant to you. And honestly, the technique is pretty applicable to any style of music up to a really advanced degree. So if you are seven years old and you love Imagine Dragons, then freaking play Imagine Dragons, right? right? So all of our arrangements, we have so many styles. We have over 400 songs in at this point, and they're adding to that all the time, of every genre you could think of. Because when a kid comes here, it shouldn't matter what they like as long as they like something. Right. So when I'm hiring teachers, the first thing that's like my number one criteria is you cannot be genre elitist. You have to be willing to see that all music is relevant to somebody. And your job as a teacher is to figure out what does that kid care about? And then teach them the techniques, teach them how to repeat things over and over again. But it's music they want to play. And some kids want to play classical music. We have some amazing students who just blow my mind all the time. And they're diving into really advanced Debussy and Bach and stuff that I love. And I love to play myself and I love to listen to. But... It doesn't really matter in the broad scheme of things for their musical journey. It's the fact that they love it. That's why they practice. Mm-hmm. Other kids love, you know, sabotage or welcome to the jungle. And that's the style. And they will practice that. Right. So it has to be relevant and it has to be fun. And not elitist. And not and elitist. So except with country. <laughs> except country. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. Country's the, it's okay. the super you know, music, right? So... Because we, we make sure we never get off topic. I used to live in Calgary that has the largest rodeo in the world. And the building that I worked in had, I think it was called Country 105, was the radio station there. And we had country music TV was in our building. Mm-hmm. So I, I grew up in cable Montana. Company. There you go. It's the same thing. Right? Same thing There's a lot of country music. Yeah. but <laughs> I had to run away to Oregon to escape right? country music. Yeah. Yeah, it still failed. I assume that I'm a little older. I think <laughs> you can probably tell by my gray hair. But anyway, I mean, it was like... I wouldn't say classical country, but it was when country music had kind of started to kind of cross over into more popular culture. And it was like Mm. Garth Brooks and Dwight Yoakam and that kind of stuff was kind of just emerging. Right. And uh, I mean, now you have like there's like country rap and country that basically just sounds like ACDC most of the time. And there's all kinds of weird stuff going on in the country world. Not that we're knocking country music. Country music is great for those who like it. Country music has an insanely huge following. Right. But it's if you're that going old for joke bass, that if country you, has more of it. If you play a country music yeah. record backwards, backwards, you get your wife back and your truck back and your dog back. Yeah. Yep. Shoot, yep. that's all it takes. <laughs> I, I saw a thing the other day that's like in the era of self-driving cars, now country songs are going to include that your truck left you. Right. <laughs> and it will actually leave you. <laughs> like oh. my Prius left my ha- All right. So anyway, <laughs> Maybe we should uh, See, talk a little bit I'm more about. about is, so personally, I don't like country, but as a teacher, my opinion doesn't matter. Right. If they love it, then I work with them on it. And what I love is watching them dive into it right. and just go. And now a quick break. Digital Marketing Masters will be right back. Are you ready to stop grinding and start making an impact? Are you tired of working long hours and not growing your business? Get Matt's new book, Flattening the Hamster Wheel, on Amazon now. Just go to hook2.us slash hamster. That's H-O-O-K-T-O dot U-S forward slash H-A-M-S-T-E-R. So you said that you teach seven-year-olds, like young kids, up to, I've seen adults in here taking lessons, right? Yes. So do you say, I love Imagine Dragons, say Matt loves Imagine Dragons, our skill sets 
are vastly different in a lot of instruments and stuff like that, right? Are we both going to be learning, say we're both playing guitar, are we both going to be learning the same exact song or is he going to be learning a more advanced one than I am because I'm still learning and trying to get the chords down and stuff like yeah. that. So the way that Bach to Rock approaches this, which we do a lot of stuff really gritty, which I really, really appreciate. So we have all of those songs in our library are level appropriate. They have level appropriate arrangements. But so that Imagine Dragons song, let's say Thunder, that's hands down our most popular song that we teach here. Every instructor just wants to kind of pull their eyeballs out sometimes because <laughs> right. when they hear that song, but because the kids love it and, you know, we want them to be inspired. So if you're all learning Thunder, if you, Jeremy, are a level one player, we'll be giving you the level one arrangement. If you're a level two player, a level three player, we'll give you the level two or three arrangement, but you can still play together. It's the right. same chords. The other thing that, that a lot of schools do that is it's fine, but it's just kind of missing the point is they'll they'll put on the main like the, the Imagine Dragons track. version and we have very simple versions in our backing tracks. And the right. reason for that is that when those kids then step into a band setting, they're not like, Oh well you suck. You know, right. they're they're used to the sounds being around them, not being Imagine Dragons because they're not Imagine Dragons. They're not going to sound like that. Imagine Dragons has put years of right. work and practice into their craft and a lot of mixing and mastering and editing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a live concert will never sound like a CD ever. It doesn't matter what you're playing. But and if it does, they're singing to a backing. If it does, they have a backing. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the other thing is when just like podcasting, right? I mean, usually we just do one run through, but it doesn't mean everything that we say in our one run through is what makes it to the recording, mm -hmm. right? Right, exactly. You piece um, it together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I played in bands and we would do recordings, we would record the same tracks over and over and over and yeah. over and over and over and over and over. And you'd select out of, you know, like 30 takes of a four beat drum track to pick the one that ends up being on the recording. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not like you just come out of the gate and play it and you're done. Oh, yeah. Right. No. And you'll cut and paste. If right. you get one fill really, really good, you'll take that one, but then add in the rest of the rock right. beat to, you know, of the rest of a different take. I mean, so. there are some bands who like to track out the whole thing, you know, mm -hmm. but I mean, that's rare these days. I remember Def Leppard had a big thing about their recording for an album, Hysteria, where they were recording like single guitar strings at a time, you know, to make the sound a certain way. Wow. And like Smashing Pumpkins is known for spending eight, nine months in a studio on like, you know, a handful of tracks. And mm -hmm. so, not yeah, when you're hearing like something, <laughs> yeah, you're not just coming out of the gate like, I'm just going to play the whole song in one go. We hit the record button and be like, all right, we're done. Well, I heard from a very reputable source, a nine-year-old girl. Nailed it. That Taylor Swift's new album she made in two days. Wow. That's insane. And it might be true. I have not fact-checked. But this girl really liked Taylor Swift, so I tend to believe her. Two days in the studio of just... Two days in the studio, just bam, 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 record, done. She's out. Wow. Yeah, but it doesn't mean you didn't practice before you got there. Oh, oh for sure. Right? <laughs> so, I mean, I can practice for a year and come in the studio and knock something out in five minutes. Because mm -hmm. I practiced for a year. Right. So is that just her? Or is that, you know, the Nothing whole Nothing against right? Taylor Swift, but... I mean, honestly, I you don't watch know. What do you say about Taylor Swift? I know I don't, I don't really know anything about Taylor mm -hmm. Swift except that I like the the Frog Leap Studios metal remake of her song. It's pretty <laughs> yes. good. So I'll say this about Taylor Swift. So in the musical, for among many musicians, she's not well respected, like musically, she's not right. very well respected. But for Bach to Rock, 
we are always asking artists, because all of these songs, the other thing that we're super strict on is copyright. It's the right thing to do to pay artists for the work that they do. Right. So we don't steal stuff. Right. <laughs> Weird. What we're, a concept. Weird. Far, we're the only school I've encountered, actually, that will legally perform the pieces that our kids are playing. Right. right. And you royalties can't, you are can't not actually cheap actually just all the time. go play a song, especially right. if it's an organization that makes money off it. You can't just go right, play a just cover. Right, just take their song and play it commercially. That's actually illegal to do, and you could get in a lot of trouble for it. So everything that we do is above board. So we have to always, corporate is going after artists, can we have the rights to your stuff? Can we have the rights to your stuff? Can we right. have the rights to your stuff? And most of the time, all those old rockers, I love that music, they always say no. Almost always. We have no Led Zeppelin. Right. We have no... Smashing Pumpkins. We have no, you like a lot of Van Halen. Nope. We have like one Beatles song and it's out of stock right now. Right. Because the copyright like expired and then they're not letting us renew it as fast. Yeah. Is wow. it because Taylor Sony Swift, we ask her almost every time. She's like, yeah, sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because exposure yeah. is exposure for some of these people. For well, some I think artists, in some right? cases, I mean, if you're living off of the royalties from your music compared well, to yeah, I'm she, still she producing music. That, Kids, that's a if kids are business. listening to her now, I mean, it's very smart. And right. so if kids are listening to her now, they'll keep buying her albums. They're playing her stuff. Right. I mean, anything in marketing and business, if you're not top of mind, then you get swept under the rug. And she's right. very, very good at staying top of mind. And I appreciate this on my side because the kids do love her and they want to play her stuff. Mm-hmm. And we have more of her songs than almost any other artist because she will allow that of us. But the thing is, 10-year-olds right now are also wanting to play a lot of 70s rock. Right. They want to play those songs. But they come in like, hey, can I do Crazy Train? Hey, can I do whatever? No. I heard Sorry, an interesting statistic <laughs> that 2018 was the first year that purchases of previous to 2018 music outpaced new music sales for the first time ever. That's interesting. Because wow. it used to be everybody always wanted just what's the new thing. The new thing. So you talked a little bit about the kids performing these things, right? So that tell us a little bit more about that. So here's another question for you. When you picture a traditional music education in regards to performance, what do you what do you picture? I see my family and the people that I'm performing with in my recital sitting in a small room, or maybe it's a large room with not very many people there, and a person at a piano. Twelve people in 60 chairs. Yeah. <laughs> and then I sing, and they give me the polite golf clap, just like that. Thank is you, that Matt. Is that fun for you? No. no. So this is the other thing that I think is so, so important that, again, we're really gritty here. We don't do recitals because the standard model is two recitals a year or a winter and a spring recital, Mm -hmm. kind of corresponding to the school year. We have 10 events a month that the kids can play at every single month, but they're low key. So we're at the farmer's market. We're at picnics in the park. We're at HOA events. We are... You know, those types that were all over town, not only in low key events where the pressure isn't like super strong, mm-hmm. but also places where real, quote unquote, real musicians also play. So at the farmer's market, if we're out there playing, like the kids are going to get nervous no matter what. They're going right. to be super like, oh, my gosh, I'm so stressed out. They get up there and play. Well, there's 12 people buying like potatoes and celery. Right. right? Like there's maybe one granny sitting in the front clapping for you. It's not like 40 people staring at you when you're on a stage, right? That recital environment is not fair for children. It's not not fair. And it drives so many people away from music because that's another thing I hear is, yeah, those recitals, I couldn't handle 
I didn't like them. And so I left. I stopped doing it. It wasn't fun. Yeah. So let's talk about versus, that for a second also. Yeah, let me let me finish sure. this thought super quick if you don't mind. Versus if you're if you're playing for those people buying salary and potatoes, you get done and you're like, oh, okay, well that wasn't so bad. And then I'll be like, well, hey, do you want to do it again? And every time the second time is better. People buying potatoes don't mind. Right. I'm right. not hearing it, the same song twice. Maybe I'll separate it by 15 minutes or so. And they'll always do better the second time around. And they'll get this glow on their face like, oh, I can do this. Right. And then here's another important thing is the next week, they're at the market. And their mom is buying potatoes. And they'll look up there and they'll see some guy, some adult, selling CDs and playing at the farmer's market. And they have the sense of, I've been there. Right. It's real. Like, mm -hmm. these are real places where music exists outside of a student. And so there's kind of this timeline for these kids that I don't have to stop making music when I finish school. Mm -hmm, I can right. do this my entire life that I think is really, really important. So yes. That is. So I was going to say, um, when you, like you said, HOA events, you're, we had um, an event, a community event uh, in our neighborhood and um, Bach to Rock came and provided a DJ for that. And that's a service that you do for free. Right. Very fun. And yeah, it was a fun event, except till the rain started late at night. And we I, had to. Was, there was a lot of rain. Take everything, <laughs> take everything rain. down and carry it back in the dark in the rain. <laughs> but I mean, for the afternoon, it was great. But yeah, so that event marketing is a big piece of your marketing, isn't it? Going out into the community so that you're visible and other kids can see other kids doing things they want to do. And other parents can see the other kids and their parents doing things because we had the parents of the kids there also. So they came out and we had a barbecue and stuff like that. We had a bounce castle for the kids and, you know, that kind of stuff. So everybody came out as a good, fun community event. But that's fantastic marketing for you, right? That is our only form of marketing. We do not advertise. We do not pay for advertising. Well, very, very, very rarely and right. very select basis. We're very picky with who our partners are on that. Mm -hmm. We have some SEO, but that's it, going out, because then it's real. People are seeing right. what we do in motion. So it's kind of, Bach to Rock's credit, very brilliant model where we are providing a service. We're very service-oriented. We will volunteer for PTOs, PTAs, PTMs, whatever, booster clubs, anything with mm -hmm. the schools. We will volunteer to come out. This, this past week, I've done a whole bunch of back-to-school nights. Back-to-school nights are boring. Let's face it. You walk right. in. You stand in line until the school opens. There's 400 other people. You walk in. You're trying to find your classroom. You've already done this with three other kids. Yeah, I didn't, totally didn't go to mine. Did that last night. Yep. See? Uh, but it was an ice cream social, and we didn't get to go inside. But it was actually kind of fun. So what we'll do is, well, so at one school at Lenox, we provided music, right? So you're at least standing in line, right. <laughs> bopping along to some fun music. Mm -hmm. And then we had a prize wheel. And so then you, when you come out, you get your popsicle and your sticker right. and you get your income spin a prize and, and, you know, just kind of to pep it up a little bit. And then we were at Rock Creek Elementary last night and I was doing the same thing. We had music, but for that, they had an ice cream social. They had mm -hmm. like a, a, you run around the track and there's sponsors. And so it's kind of mixed in with a fun run a little bit. And right. even just having the music there makes a really big difference. Yeah, there and then when there's radio. student performances as well, like at your event, there's right. you know we had a couple of our DJ students come down, and that's brilliant experience for them. And then other kids are saying, you know, watching them, and they're like, dude, that kid's as old as me, or that kid's younger right. than me. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah, and we had a lot that. of people comment about it, and because we have a private Facebook group for the HOA, and people are talking about it and asking where you were, and then we can top them out. That kind of marketing, we call it 
dark social, right? It's you can't see it, but the other people are having conversations about your business. In mm-hmm. this case, it was this very positive conversation, which is what you want, right? Mm-hmm. And you want people messaging. You know, people were messaging. My wife, Carrie, was in charge of the event. And they were messenger and, and they'd say, oh, hey, where was that music school, right? And, oh, this is what it is. Because it's not common for a music school to teach DJing and have DJs out at a community event, right? I mean, that makes you stand out. And doing events, in-person events, is absolutely vital, I think, to local marketing. Mm -hmm. For local businesses now, most businesses do not do it Mm -hmm. and should. Listen up, local business people. Mm -hmm. you got to get out there. Because then when people talk to me and they see my enthusiasm, too, and I can ask pointed questions to them that I can't get. Like, I can do the best SEO in the world, but... Am I really good? Like I can ask her, I can see the way that, you know, maybe mom's face is is going Mm -hmm. and I can say, you want to be doing this for yourself, don't you? You know, we have a ladies glee club and mom is going to go, oh my God. Yeah, I totally want to sing, right? Right. So it's not just about the kids. It's about the whole community and what they are really, really looking for. So that's a, that's a really good word community, right? Mm -hmm. It is. And, and you're building a community around the school and by being part of the greater community. It's it's something that you hear a lot. Well, I'm a part of the community. I'm like, really? Yeah. How are, are you? you a part of the community? Tell They're me. like, yeah. Some kid came by and I bought some Girl Guide cookies. Or- I buy the wrestling pass from the wrestlers every year. No, you're not a part of the community. That's not a community. Like, <laughs> did you did do you go out and do things in the community to help? Roll yeah, the I used community. to actually really hate that word because it tends to get co-opted a lot and mean. Mm. very specific things like community like I don't I just have this really funny had for a long time this funny association with the word community that that was very forced did the show have Um, anything to do with that (laughs) show so Roland Frazier says that you can't google relationships so sitting behind your desk rarely will build you any relationship that's going to be meaningful in the long term oh yeah we're an SEO company, right? I mean, we do SEO, digital marketing stuff, right? And advertising and everything. But we do events, yeah. right? We go to in-person networking. We do this. We're here interviewing you at Bach to Rock, by yes. the way, which is yes. where we record the podcast, which I want to also say we've had more than one guest tell us that this is the best sounding podcast that they have ever been on or heard. Awesome. And also, I mean, I listen to some podcasts that have literally hundreds of thousands of subscribers and I listen to it and I'm like, man, it just sounds like garbage. Like I have a very specific one studio. in mind, but I won't say which one it is. Yeah. I won't say the names of some of them, but I mean, some of the, I'm like, <laughs> why are you still interviewing people over Skype? Like, come on now. Stop calling into a podcast for yes, crying out loud. With a phone. Right. Like what year are we in? 1973. <laughs> well, this place is available. Well, that's when it's we were talking about for good prices. We, I mean, so we have a small recording studio here that we are definitely wanting, I'm wanting to use a lot more. So podcasting, we absolutely welcome podcasters. Mm-hmm. Also, just like bands, you want to make your first demo tape. We're not a top of the line studio. Again, it's back to the grittiness that we kind of have throughout the whole organization. This is a place where people can play and not necessarily lose an arm and a leg financially, right? but make your first tape here. Learn what it actually takes to make a CD. There's more to it than you think. Yeah. Learn that, you know, just because you're in the studio recording for 60 minutes does not mean you have a 60 minute CD. You probably right. have a minute. Right. I don't want you to sell yourself short there either. Like, no, you're not a multi-million dollar recording studio. 
Right. Right. But it is, it's a solid entry and intermediate level. Absolutely. Studio. It's better than, <laughs> so I did this in high school. When we'd want to record a track or something, we would go to the high school, we would take one of the practice rooms, and we'd throw up blankets and any yep. foam and Sound anything blankets. we could find. <laughs> and then it was super hot in the room because we just cut off all air circulation. And then we would throw another blanket over our head and the microphone, and we would sing into that to try to get as clear of a sound as possible. Yeah. Yeah, like, no. That was rough. <laughs> and you um, see people that are doing like, you know, podcasting or singing like in their home studios, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put home studio in quotes there. Yeah. Right. But yeah, so, they're you know, Portland is putting actually a comforter very... over their head in front of their computer. Yep. I'm like, come on. Portland has a lot of home studios. Mm-hmm. And I actually really support that. I've been interviewing a lot of audio engineers. We had a position that was open in August. And there's kind of this weird jump in Portland between home studios, which I love it. People just play. Yeah, I've right? seen a really great. cool home studio in Portland. And then the professional grade. Right. But what if you're kind of in that in-between? Maybe you're a singer-songwriter and you just want to make a CD, but you don't want to yeah. like dive. You're not going to switch your living over to that. Right. Or what if you are a band and you don't have access to that kind of money to buy all that gear? Mm. You know, or what if where you so want to play ifs. together and you want it recorded in multiple tracks yeah. so that you can mix it after. Right. Yep. You can't do that in your one microphone garage studio and where it's yep. going to sound echoey and shitty anyway. Or what if, you, or what if yeah. you have a decent setup, but you want to learn how to do more in Pro Tools? We teach classes right. on that. Right. right. We don't just teach music. Le- music is so broad here. Music is anything yes. involving producing mm-hmm. sound really in, in many, many kinds of ways, including and audio production. So what type of programs do you have? I've seen toddlers in here, like mm-hmm. three, four, five-year-old kids, right? Mm-hmm. My daughter uh, came here for the toddler class. See? Mm-hmm. She so, loved it. And you, you've you touched on, you teach DJing to kids. There's a, there's a full-on stage in the back, which mm-hmm. is phenomenal. And you got a recording studio. So what instruments do you teach? Because there's... We a teach of them. The minute I say we teach everything, then someone asks me some weird question. Didgeridoo. No, see? Yeah. <laughs> I want to learn how to play the didgeridoo. I would love the recorder. to provide that for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anyone on staff at the moment. Or maybe I do. And they didn't do they play the, the tuba? <laughs> if they play the tuba. We'll make a sign-up list. I do. We do tuba. Wow. We do all brass, wow. all winds, wow. Wow. Uh, voice, rock and roll, anything rock and roll. So guitar, vo- guitar, bass, drums, vocals. Uh, vocals in any style, by the way. We also have a number of um, trained opera singers on staff who can teach belting, who can teach opera, classical style. Nice. Doesn't, style doesn't matter, like I said. And we piano. got asked if we have a harpsichord. No, right. we don't have a harpsichord, but we do have pianos. Um, so we've got we've got all your basics covered for most most instruments. Awesome. Yeah. And the other thing is you've got kind of the network effect thing going with your business also, whereas because you have the students play together in bands, playing together is together. I mean, mm-hmm. and that network effect means that you need more than one person. It's it's better when there's more people, right? So when you have people yeah. who can play the band together, and then people can bring their other you know siblings and friends and stuff to come watch them. This is an event that is better when there's more people, mm-hmm. and more people drives more marketing. And, I, so, and it's a great way, again, for me to plug effect, into the community. Right? You know, I, I go to coffee houses or open mics or whatever, and or, or just community events, you know, trying to find places for my kids to play. I'm always looking for more venues for the kids to go play. And it's like, they're like, oh, well, you know, we've got this space. I'm like, do you understand that I'm bringing not just the band? If it's a five-piece band, but they're eight years old. <laughs> Right. I'm bringing those five 
plus all their all moms, their all of their dads, probably their grandparents, aunts and uncles, cousins, best friends. Like, there's and a bit of a have, crowd, you know, and we make a big deal right. out of it. If you're going to have a safety fair, a charity group, something like that, PTAs, HOAs, all that kind of stuff where you need more people to come to it. Yeah, bring it's a, a great band. way bring to a bring more band. people. <laughs> An right. adult band, they're not going to bring anybody. And then <laughs> you can like market one roadie it. fan, right. <laughs> you know, unless it's a it's a well-known band with a fan base already. Right. But most of the time, if it's a local band, they'll have some following. But What sounds better? Safety fair for your insurance company? Safety fair with DJ. Right? Right. 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 Barbecue and DJ. Everything's and then, better with music. Right. So Keep that's DJs. what I love about the way that, that we market is... My marketing plan is literally help me make your life better with music. Like, let me help me make your event more interesting. Let me support you. The more I can support right. you, we're not going to be a frontline, front and center anything. We're going to be supporting on the side, providing a soundtrack, providing some awesome kids activities. We can do so many different types of activities just to get kids excited right. or adults. We, it's not just kids. We mm -hmm. have this thing called Bach on the Rocks for corporate parties where what? bring your booze, choose a favorite song. We'll teach you and you know, you're either your friends or your office, like teach you a song, rock out. What are you doing after this? Yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to need more information. <laughs> Being as it's Friday, the long weekend it's when so we're recording fun. this. <laughs> so yeah, that's fantastic. And the other thing is you get that sort of after marketing effect, right? Where you show up at the event and people take photos and videos and stuff. And then they share those things after the fact. So then that spreads to their friends and their yep. people and people see that. And, and then they say, how do I get this for my event? Or how do I take my kid to learn how to DJ or be in a band? Right. Yeah. So I guess that brings us to the question. How does someone reach out to you at Bach to Rock? Yeah. So our, our email tennisborn at Bach to com. Also, you know, just go ahead and call the store. Um, I'm happy. I'm out and about at, at a lot of events. Now, here, I will say there are some things where I do draw the line on events. So, yes, we do a lot of free services. Or if you want to pay us, we'll accept money, too. Yes, right. You know, some people need that exchange. What we are not is taking away gigs f that really should go to legitimate performers, professional performers. Right. So, for example... We're not going to come DJ your prom. Right. <laughs> what? You know? Or your wedding. That, yeah, those types of things, like, you really should have people who know what they're doing in a professional level, have the professional-grade gear. Like, we've got some, we've got good gear, but we don't have all the subwoofers. We don't have, right. you know, the, the lighting that really a good prom should have. So don't sell out events. You know, don't just try to be cheap on events that really should have professional musicians. What we're trying to do is kind of stir up the quality right. that, so that you, can eventually get those kids to that point where they're doing those gigs mm -hmm. on their own. What if you if you're doing a professional event, if you're doing a prom or you're doing a bigger thing and you mm -hmm. do have professional entertainment, those guys need a break at some point. That's why we have sets, you know, do a set, take a break, do yeah. a set. But, you know, if we want the kids to come up and play during that break, yeah, so we can add. So for a good example of this is the Sidewalk Chalk Art Festival, La, La Pastrelli de Estrada Chalk <laughs> Art Festival. That it was an awesome event, early August. This incredible, they flew in these chalk sidewalk chalk art artists from all over, plus a bunch of local people. It was so cool, and they had this big stage, and they had an entire weekend to fill. Mm -hmm. And they did have professional acts up there. Some of them were local. Some of them were from other places. That type of thing, yeah, to it's awesome to put our kids up there. We can totally fill right. a set in between some of these bigger acts. We had a DJ set. We had a rock band set. And it's very, very cool for the kids to get to play 
on that level once they're once mm-hmm. they've done enough farmers markets, right? I start to throw more and more advanced gigs at them, and so yeah, being up on the stage with professional sound like that's super cool, and we can do some of that, but don't have us be the feature, right? Right, right. Like, that makes not, sense. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. So, I think probably the last question would be. If somebody wants to, you know, partner with you on an event or something like that, like we did, basically we just got a hold of you. Mm-hmm. We gave you the available dates and stuff. Is there anything else somebody needs to know? Like what information do you need about the event? Yeah. So um, my, I really encourage everyone to come see the school you guys have done right. in here. You kind of, once you walk in the door, you'll get the vibe and you'll be like, okay, I'll see what these guys are Yeah, we about. already get it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I will automatically invite you. To, to have that meeting in person. If not, that's totally fine. I just, the, the only thing we need is access to an outlet and we can come do almost anything. But yeah, just reach out. I'm here all the time. <laughs> if and I'm not here, I have an amazing staff and I, I'll make sure to, they'll pass on that message. Right. But People outside of Oregon, there's other box rock franchises. There are. And it's a growing franchise. Yeah, it's fairly if new, right? Check to see if there's one in your area. It's a very, very cool organization. I, my personal background, I've been a musician. I majored in music, but it was kind of this accidental, like it wasn't, I wasn't going to make money off that, right? right? I had that <laughs> stupid mindset. I think mindset. you have to go into uh, any music major or arts major just assuming you're not going to make any money. Well, right? I was an anthropology major, and I just took music for fun, and then literally spring semester, my <laughs> instructor was like, you do realize you're one class away from a major, right? And I thought right. I was just going to get a minor. That really ticks off all of my musician friends when I say that. But it was just so fun. I just kept taking those classes and hanging out with those people, and it was so my crowd. But when I graduated, I was like, well, I need to learn about the business world. I need to learn how business works. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I I went through some other, you know, avenues for that professionally. Eventually, I came back around. So now when I I look at Bach to Rock now, I'm like, this is so needed. It's so refreshing. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't go on to become a musician like me and like major in you know music in college or whatever, the ability to be able to walk into any music environment and just feel comfortable and jam with your friends and walk into a studio and be like, oh yeah, I've I've recorded stuff before. Right. Like that's really, really cool. So it's an it's an organization that is growing very quickly. But they're still kind of in the infancy of their franchising at the moment. We are store number 31. They've opened a number of others since us, and that's just going to keep going. So if you're not in Oregon, definitely check to see if there's one there. And and we're all based on that same principle of community, reaching out, being engaged, having real conversations with real people. Mm -hmm. We don't have high sales quotas or anything like that. We're just really genuinely looking to go out there and make a difference in kids' lives, but also in the community. And just and give people actually doing something in the community, not just saying you're a part of actively, the community. I'm a part of the community. Actively seeking out any opportunity we can to be around the people who are around us. That's right. awesome. So. so thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, of course. Thank and, you uh, so much for having me. And yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep recording here. And when you hear us on the podcast and it sounds good, you can thank Bach to Rock for that. We love having you. All right, everybody, have a great week. We'll see you next time. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Join us next week as we talk with Dan Hayes about how legislation can affect your rental properties. 
Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.